Gary, it's my understanding that you have something you want to talk about. Yeah, this this episode of Bonfire Side Chat is brought to you by me. Yeah. Um, the, uh, yeah, I, I wanted to uh, – so a couple of things real quick. Um, as, as, you, as Cole knows, um, we have a new show on the network um, called Teenage Dirtbags that me and Brayton are doing. The, the long-awaited annual Christmas special came out <laughs> on Christmas Day, but it's launching uh, near the end of January. Um, so brand new show. We're getting some of the bags. And it's kind of like abject suffering for music videos, but not really. <laughs> um, but it's uh, if you like the pitch or you like me or you like Brayton, you should listen to that. And it would mean a lot to me if everybody listened to this, at least checked it out. May yeah. not be for you. Great <laughs> if you did. And then uh, once we get that up on iTunes and everything, when a show is new, mm-hmm. ratings and reviews and all that stuff is very important. Yeah. Um, are very important. Uh, I encourage yeah. you to give it a listen. It is definitely a worthy successor to the pitch. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's weird. Um, it is good though, and we are recording. We've recorded a bunch more, and it just gets gets weirder. Um, second thing, um, I came back with Infinity Infinity Engineers after taking most to fall off. So if you like, uh, I don't talk about it much on the shows, but if you like, uh, you know, if you're like, why won't watch our fireballs do Baldur's Gate? Shut up! I'm doing Baldur's Gate. Go to um, duckfeed.tv forward slash Infinity Engineers and you will see uh, my blog on that series and other games. And I'm almost done with Baldur's Gate and moving on to Arcanum next. So uh, check that out. Yeah, it is. I'd appreciate it. It is a long form look at those CRPGs that Gary and many like him know and love. Yes. Yep. So yeah, it is it's just like a written version of that. And then finally, uh, I didn't talk about tons, but in, in uh, fall, I put out a record, um, another Mario Paint album. And uh, that's called uh, 4VG by VG. And you can buy that at duckfeed.tv forward slash store. It's five bucks. Um, you should check that out too. Yeah. So pretty much check out all of my stuff and then also <laughs> check out Cole's stuff. Yeah. But I just, I, I feel like in the last like, you know, month or so, I have a lot of like Gary stuff mm-hmm. that I, I want to, uh, to highlight because I don't talk about them a lot on the show because it makes me feel dirty. Check all those things out. Duckfeed.tv, as usual, is the, uh, is the springing off point for all of that. Yeah. And say something nice to Cole on Twitter. It's like every time you buy my record, say like, Cole, I like how you smell usually. Or like, Cole, you got a good taste in outfit. Um, <laughs> um, and that would, that would balance the scales. I, you know, but, I'm, I'm kind of insulted that you assume I need that. No, it's We're amateur podcasters. We traffic in nice things on Twitter. Yes, we do. That is the currency that we, that we all share. Yeah. So, so. yeah, thanks. Thanks everybody. Uh, Thank you and Happy New Year and thank you for liking Gary and liking Cole. Teenage Dirtbags, Infinity Engineers, 4VG by VG. Mm-hmm. Some of our landings were desperate adventures. We are now prepared to meet the inevitable counterattacks with power and with confidence. Seeker of fire, you know not the depth of dark within you. It grows deeper still, the more flame you covet. Flame, oh, flame. Fire came to be, and with it, disparity. Heat and cold, life and death, light and dark. Dark was seen as a curse. Shadow is not cast but born of fire. And the brighter the flame, the deeper the shadow. Inherit fire and harness the dark. Such is the calling of a true leader. 
My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to Bonfireside Chat. It is a cursed favorite. And this week we are talking about the Throne of Want and concluding Dark Souls 2 as we know it right now here at the beginning of 2015. Yes, this is the this is all the Dark Souls 2 that's available now. However, for much of the be- <laughs> like the last third of the season, we've had this looming specter of like there's going to be more content uh, that makes it hard to draw conclusions. Yes, um, and I think we'll, we'll probably talk about that in general when we you know do our either this episode or when we do our like final final wrap up mm-hmm. um, about how that kind of weird structure and the weird way that Dark Souls Two has not been like a complete product for most of its life. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so that's a very that's a very odd thing that is is making life difficult for us. Um, but you know, it's fine. And as yeah. you, as you heard, we're, we're joined by nobody. As is traditionally, we do these wrap up episodes, uh, solo bolo, like we do with the uh, the the intro episodes. Yeah. So previously, we finished out the Crown of the Ivory King uh, DLC, and we uh, amassed all four of the crowns uh, that are extant right now right and uh now it's time for us to take it back to vendrick and say hey look how good we did yeah look how many hats we can wear at once <laughs> look how we're, we're a free ios game where we have to balance these crowns um it's a good idea for like a free ios app where it's just like the crown of the adjective king and they just keep getting added on to a chosen undead oh yeah and you just balance them it's like topple tower yeah like topple tower mm-hmm. yeah it's a good idea take that idea people <laughs> Rub um, it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you, so you head back um, before we actually finish the game. Now that we have all the crowns, we can talk to Vendrick. Um, and uh, he's in the crypt. He's been giving us, like, you know, pretty pretty awesome dialogue and stuff in between all of these things mm-hmm. um, that kind of draws some stuff together. But this this final one, he, you know, he gives his own kind of, like, account, and it's it's a little bit more definitive. Um, he You know, he names the Daughters of Manus by name, which is all things that we've suspected and have been kind of said through item descriptions, but it's like everyone's on the same page yeah. here. And, uh, you know, Nishandra is what is one of the daughters of Manus. Like he straight up underlines it. Yeah. He also outlines what his folly was talking about how everybody is led to believe that harnessing the flame will cure the, uh, the, 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 the curse, which was his aim partially. Right. And, mm-hmm. and being and attempting to be so powerful. Um, and you know, here, you know, at the edge of his deathbed, he recognizes, uh, you know, why all of that was actually just false and, you know, and wouldn't actually lead to something. And he kind of leaves it off to you to say, find strength and the rest will follow. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of, you know, make, makes way for you. And now that you have the crowns, uh, Vendrick, you know, does some, some magic on them. And uh, if you're wearing one of them, you no longer hollow upon dying. Mm-hmm. So this is, I, I was curious to talk to you. We haven't really talked about this at all, like off mic or anything. I was no. curious to talk to you about this because like this was bothersome to me because on a very initial glance, like it feels like it, it's huge. Like, oh, you have cured the curse, right? Like you no longer, yeah. but you don't yeah, like you, that's not, yeah, you just, you just don't get more hot dog like. Yeah. You ameliorate it. Like you yeah. are, it's, a, you know, we, we just wrapped up our saga on the Elder Scrolls. It's, you still have Corpus, but you're not a tumor monster. Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And you know, like, the, this is, this is the folly of power, right? Like you have this thing that, you know, gets you there and Vati in his wrap up video says, yes, you know, even curing the curse is a curse in and of itself because you, this only applies to you. It only turns, it turns inward and every you you still have to watch the entire rest of the world hollow and die. Right. Right. And like it, it into the kind of grander, you know, dark souls to the initial setup, for the story before anything got kind of complicated and, and scrambled, like mm-hmm. 
you know, there are rumors that if you come to this land, you can cure the curse. Um, your character, whoever he is in the, the beginning, which we don't ever have uh, that information, mm-hmm. and that's the goal. And for for you, for the character, you kind of do. Mm-hmm. You know, like you don't do it. You, it's not correct. Like it's not a world changing thing, but you kind of do it for you. Yeah. So it's like it makes sense why there are those rumors like that kind of s- completes that circle. Like why people think that if you come to Drang Lake, you can cure the curse. Why you came to Drang Lake yeah. and stuff like this is why I think. Yeah, it's a it's a monkey's paw kind of thing. You know, yeah. a little bit like that. It's it's shades of that, you know, the V shrine of Amana where the Milfinito can, you know, unhollow you, but it doesn't, you know, stop you from coming back to life. Yeah. Yeah. And even yeah. this, you're still coming back to life after you die. You just don't, you know, turn green and then turn into a hot dog. Yeah. Yeah. And also there's nothing to do other than just go kill stuff. <laughs> yeah. And like you can't go retire with the, the hags. <laughs> yeah. You can yeah. just go back to things betwixt. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, and I've heard people get really upset, like, oh, what's the point of having this if there's no more game after it? Um, and that this doesn't feel too too dissimilar from, like, defeating everything, doing everything need, you need to do to get the Knights of the Round. By that point, every single thing oh, yeah. is irrelevant. Like, this is a, there's a long and storied history of making you work really hard to get items that are now irrelevant because of the point of the, of the game that you're at, where you can get them. And and this is like two two things that thoughts it gives me like one, who who has completed all of these DLCs actually gives a shit right. about not having to unhollow, mm-hmm. like you know you can you can buy at this point if you can do that you could stay stocked up in life rings forever if you want to, and or you probably have enough human effigies to last to the end end times, mm-hmm. um, but two like this is stronger than the Knights of the Round thing because this actually does tie into the story and that's mm-hmm. where that criticism always kind of fell on fell flat for me is that like the point of this isn't to give you a gameplay advantage right you know it's not like oh I did all this cool work now I have a really cool powerful item yeah it's it's to tie into the greater story it's just not one hundred percent successful at that. Right. So maybe it's not immediately obvious. The effect of the crown isn't really the important thing here. The the, the little cutscene of him taking the crown and doing something to it and handing it to you. That is, you know, like that's the, that's the important bit that he deems you, you know, worthy to be the new monarch with everything yep. that that entails. The ability to, you know, the, the ability, the responsibility, the burden uh, to carry all of those souls and decide what to do, you know, with, you know, the, the throne, really. Right. And and you could do that before, too, mm-hmm. you know, but now you have Vendrick's blessing and yeah. you're slightly better at it. Mm-hmm. Um, this is I'm so like I was really on the page after this happened of like I was on the that's it mm-hmm. page, not because I think that it's like I wanted more gameplay reward. It was because I wanted that like I wanted those those deficiencies in the cure to be addressed, mm-hmm. you know, at least somebody to say like, oh, well, this sucks. You know, Like <laughs> this isn't great. Like I, you know, I, I, I can't go hollow anymore. But yeah, give a shit. Um, I can't save Lucatiel. <laughs> like she's still gonna go hollow. Like everybody's still, you know, I'm still alone in this shitty world. The uh, and that's what makes me so happy about uh, Scholar of the First Sin coming out because it does seem addressed, just kind of patch over some lower things. Yeah. Um, and we talked about that. Um, or it was actually on the live stream. It wasn't on the episode. Right. But uh, some somebody asked us about that on the live stream, which you can check out on Duckfeed Live in like a month. Um, and you should because sometimes we talk about Dark Souls. <laughs> the uh, but. It's it's I I want that that patch that patching in and that patching over pretty badly at this point. Me too. Um, just because it has felt like this kind of extended tease, 
mm-hmm. a little bit. Like having the DLCs come out and thinking like, oh, okay, this didn't answer all the questions. This is going to answer all the questions. And it's like, well, nope, that just like added more questions. And this is going to answer all the questions. And this is going to answer the questions. And even though all of the three of the DLCs did something really, really awesome on their own, and many of them extended the story on their own, they didn't, none of them like actually gave us a, 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 a to Z thing that we can, you can put together really. What makes the tease even worse is the fact that, you know, especially in uh, Ivory King and then with Vendrick's, uh, you, you know, little exposition dumps, this is the most, you know, explicit detail we've gotten about what's happening in the story, like outside of Nishandra, bol- you know, boldly lying to our face or the Emerald Herald, you know, speaking to us in riddles, right? Like, mm-hmm. it seems like if you just listen to the tone and you look at the content of what's there, it seems like they should be answering questions at a mile a minute, but they're not. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that ties into that whole... Um, and Vadi points this out as well, um, and then we'll probably cite that a couple times. Like I don't, I'm not necessarily like on board with every single conclusion he makes, but like he's mm-hmm. one of the very few people I've seen online to discuss the end game mm-hmm. in a way that isn't just you know dismissive, <laughs> right. you know, and kind of kind of jerky. Um, is that he would um, he was talking about like that with item descriptions, how many of them end with questions mm-hmm. and stuff, and that seems to be the Dark Souls two mo is just kind of like adding an air of mystery through uncertainty as opposed to dark souls one or a better way to do it, which is add certainty about something I don't understand yet Mm -hmm. and then leave me to figure out the question, but tell me a definitive answer. This gives me the questions, but doesn't give me any definitive answers. It's like the backwards. It's like the jeopardy version. (laughs) Dark Souls one. Yeah. Omission will always be more powerful. Yeah. As opposed to, as opposed to what, what kind of feels like sleight of hand a little bit. Yeah. And and all this said, like this is a, you know, we 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 talked about a lot, like the reputation of Dark Souls two, and kind of how it like it's it's not great. And like I'm just throw this out there. I'm not going to continually say it because I've been you know accused of white knighting for the game and stuff and all this stuff. Like I really love this game. Mm-hmm. Like it is you know one of my favorite games to come out last year. It's great. And it, individual things it does are are nigh perfect. You mm-hmm. know, like there are things about it that are just like so good and so great, but I just really want it to be a little bit more and they're so close to doing it. Mm-hmm. And they've been teasing me so long that I'm just like yeah. I'm like edging. You know, thing where you, where you're about... you, don't, you don't have to describe edging. No, 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 just for the listeners. Okay. You know, the... <laughs> you know edging. Um don't look it up. So but yeah. it's like it's been i've just been edging too long yeah you know? i've just been waiting for the bow on it you know like exactly ev- everything is in the box and the box looks pretty good i just need a bow on it yeah, right or can like, i open it yeah i mean like just all of this stuff i kind of understand in really broad strokes like I, I feel like i emotionally understand you know like the themes that are that are in play and they're really resonant Right. And mm-hmm. we're going to discuss what some of those themes are as we talk about what the, you know, what the throne is and kind of the, the motivations of the individual players here in about 10 minutes. Uh, like just all of that is good. But the problem is that isn't it isn't shareable, which I hate that word. But like, you know, you can't communicate to somebody, you know, like, oh, they just it's this notion of a cycle. And are we going to pick up something from this one that we can use the next time? And is that a metaphor? Like it immediately like, it goes from zero to wank like that. Yeah. And yeah. like, I would love, I would love to have some kind of, you know, unifying, even just sentence, <laughs> you yeah. know, outside of like the dull ember that actually explains like the, like the, the, the mechanics of this universe and the way that it, you know, kind of affects and churns, churns up the individual players inside of it. It's re- it's really weirdly meta because it, it ends up to feel this 
To feel this conflicted about this story requires having been exposed to Dark Souls 1, mm-hmm. I think. Um, because otherwise, like, it does, we keep saying it doesn't follow. Like, on face value, it does follow. Mm-hmm. Like, the story is like, there's this, you know, the, this demon, essentially, who had these little fragments. They went off and corrupted these kings. Mm-hmm. And this king ran away to try to get away from her. And you go defeat her. And, you know, you're the new king now. Yeah. Like, it, it does, like, you can you can break it down into, like, Super Mario Brothers levels of simplicity. Mm-hmm. And it, it it will be a story. It's just, like, we expect there to be so much more. And that theming and, like, evocative details are still really present mm-hmm. that make that unsatisfying. Yeah. Like, it is it is a story from A to A to Z. But it's, like, a story. It's, like, a story from, like, A to D. Mm-hmm. You know, and makes sense, but there's all these hints of, like, later secret letters of the alphabet that you never even heard of. And, you know, like, one of the things that disappoints me is the fact that it doesn't answer any questions about the way the broader world works, right? Like, there are, you know, definite things like, what is the curse? You know, what actually is the throne of one? Like, all all those things that just exist as symbols. And that was all more satisfying in Dark Souls 1 because it felt like we were, you know, we, we were coming close to like dealing with what those effects were. I don't know if that's just because we were working with this pantheon of what were essentially create creator gods. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. it feels like we are a couple of degrees removed from the key players and what makes all this work and actually would possibly provide some answers about these mysteries that might actually, you know, frustrate us if they're left unanswered. Every, everything about the way that Dark Souls 2 handles its story lends itself to a short story. Mm-hmm. Um, which we talked about that before, but like, that's what they're interested in doing here. Mm-hmm. And like, that's, that's reasonable. And, and that's a good thing for a game to be, Yeah. but it just doesn't, it's not what they did before. And they add enough connective tissue to make it unsatisfying. Like not just the DLCs, which operate as short stories, but even like when we were talking about the different spokes, like, oh, like you go down this spoke from the main thing and this tells the story of the Iron King. Mm-hmm. Like, this is what kind of ruler he was. This is how he dealt with the undead. You know, this is uh, this is the, his family troubles. These are the things that happened with his, you know, with his either possibly his son with, with Queen Mitha or his former queen. Like, that tells a story on its own. But it's just one story. Mm-hmm. And the game is full of those little, like, just individual stories. Yeah. You know, that are all great. Yep. Like, they're, oh, they're... here's, you know, here's, here's Duke Seldora. And like, you know, he became obsessed with, with, with spiders to the mm-hmm. degree that like he overran, ran his kingdom and like had, you know, a, a spider in a cage that grew up into this gigantic mutant. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's like, these are, they're all really cool. Yeah. And to a degree, they all, if you, if you look hard enough, you can, you can tie them all back into how this, like how those different stories reflect on Vendrick and, you know, like how all of them set each other apart and set each other off in terms of this, in terms of this notion of desire. Right. Like, you know, what happens when a person is given power over, you know, a realm, right? Like, yeah. all of that is like satisfying and each of those speaks to that. But I don't know, is it just that it, it, this is this is maybe the first time we've encountered it? I don't know. Yeah. And, and as we're talking about it, I'm almost like, I'm like <laughs> close to like talking myself into liking it. <laughs> Again, like, I'm, I'm, I, like, it's just like, oh, like, if I think about it in those terms, like, here's a series of short stories about power. Yeah. You know, like then I kind of I'm I can get on board with it. Mm-hmm. It's just the fact that it has so many story con- telling conventions left over from a larger thing. Yeah, that like just make it tough. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this is like a- an episodic tales from the tales from Dring Lake. Right? Yeah, tales tales from I do it ten ten uh, telltale <laughs> telltale. It, or that that would be amazing because there's like no dialogue. <laughs> yep. or anything. Yeah, oh. just just do it like the cutscenes already are. Do it as a you know just tell the story through poses and action. 
That would be really, really funny. <laughs> I, would, I, would, I would get that, even though it'd probably be worse. Like, you know, it, it suits itself less than Borderlands, but yep. I'd still rather play it. <laughs> so, oh boy. Oh boy. So do you want to talk about the actual throne? Yeah, let's talk about the, these fights and, and, and the throne itself. Yeah. So you have the king's ring, and you know, we've used it to unlock the door to Aldeus, and we've used it to unlock the door uh, to get further into the, the fortress of fallen giants. Sorry, the forest of fallen giants. Mm-hmm. Hmm, that's actually a pretty nice slip. Uh, you know, yeah. here 20 episodes later, I finally realize how poetic that name is. Um, but, um, <laughs> you know, we use this to open the one that's by the basement uh, bonfire under Drang Lake, right? Mm-hmm. Which leads into this massive underground cavern, you know, cavernous chamber with a winding staircase um, that, to you know, to, to to my eye, actually looks a, a little bit like a skeletal version of the Kiln Run. I, you know, I, I read that online yeah. before, and I went through it again to to look at it, and I don't see it. Yeah, yeah, I, do, I don't see it at all. Like I've seen so many people online that are just like, this is obviously the place where the kiln of the first flame was. It doesn't seem obvious to me at yeah. all. I don't, I don't know if it's that obvious. I think that it just reminds it r- reminds me of it because of the structure and the color choices that they've made. And it takes place at the same place in the game, you yeah. know, and, and like it, it fulfills kind of the same purpose. Mm-hmm. You know, um, of giving you like a moment of relative quiet before the boss fights. Yeah. But like it. So I, I agree with you there. And then color wise, like, you know, yes. Um, but it doesn't it. There's nothing about it that makes me think that that's clearly the same place geographically. Yeah, which no, like I've read that opinion everywhere. I don't like I don't buy into that. Yeah. I think people are just getting their wires crossed of like, oh, I'm running back and forth on my way to a boss. Yeah. You know, this has to be the same thing. But like it doesn't look like it. Yeah. It's Lord- like, there's, you know, <laughs> they've got Lordran fever, Gary. Yeah, the only cure is more lower drain. The uh, it, yeah, it just doesn't look anything like it. You know, like the the the. I went back and looked. I went back and played this, and I went back and found some videos of the kill in the first flame online to remind myself of what. It, and that was like a a much brighter, um, much ashier like you know, outdoors. Yeah. It area. Reminds, yeah. Like if you look at the actual assets, it actually looks more like the uh, the run up to Broom Tower. Yeah. Than, yeah. Than anything. Yeah. Agreed. So yeah, so it does. It does remind. It has the same kind of gameplay function, um, and I think thematically it's supposed to be recalling it, but I don't think literally it's supposed to be recalling yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So so you head on through here, and then the, just real quick footnote bitching about having to put on the king's ring every time I walk through these doors, <laughs> and then uh, the Emerald Herald is here. Mm-hmm. Um, if you saying, have the giant's blessing. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah, because you can come here before that. It's a real weird little nod to nonlinearity. Like I thought, like. Once I went and did the giant stuff and then came back here, I was like, oh, I could have just went and beat the game right away. Mm-hmm. But you can't. No. Like, you have to go do that giant stuff in order to make a Nishandra up here mm-hmm. in, in a bed. But if you have the giant's blessing, if you're here for, like, the final run-up, yeah. then the Emerald Herald shows up. Yes. And she's here. She finally pulls her hood down, revealing not just the top of her head, but also, you know, a little bit of her motivation. But it's still relatively archaic. We learn more about her origin than her actual aims. Yes, um, and, and we can, do you want to put in the dialogue here? My journey is already complete. My name is Shanalot. The dragon gave me this name, for I was born with none. I was born of dragons, contrived by men, by ones who would cause and fate herself. They are the ones who created me, but they failed. I did not come out as intended. Fate would not be bested. And men were cursed once again. If you proceed, Nashandra will come after you. 
knowing that you will take the throne and link the fire. She covets the first flame and the great soul. Put Nishandra to rest, and then... Yeah, so, so basically, you know, she, she kind of gives her origins, and this is stuff that we've already talked about a little bit. But the idea that she is, you know, born of, of dragons and men, and the idea, like, or the, the most obvious thing to me is that she was this creation of Aldia. Mm-hmm. You know, and the idea being that this is some kind of thrust to make somebody who is immune to the curse. Yeah. Or in curing the curse, make somebody who has... He was part dragon because we know the dragons are immune to the curse. They exist outside the cycle. Right. So trying to find a way to take elements of the dragons, which he has been, you know, researching and possibly turning himself into um, Mm -hmm. in order to uh, in order to basically inoculate humanity against this thing. Right. Right. Yeah. So the next generation, everybody who ends up, you know, all of all of Shanalot's grandchildren. Yeah. uh, Also, her name is Shanalot. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Um, Yeah. So that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, again, though, it's like it's it's like it feels like a separate story <laughs> to the to the main one. Like it, it's an it's the that's the Aldia short story, or like the Vendrix Kingdom dealing with trying to use dragons to cure the curse short mm-hmm. story. Yeah, and it, and it ties in. Like she is she is not you know some would say manipulating yeah, manipulating you um, in order to put you on the throne. You know there is probably a lot of conspiracy theorizing around what her actual aims are, but. Um, you know, we can talk about what happens. You know, with her, with her final final dialogue. To you know, I can give my two cents on that. But uh, you know, there's a reason that she is here. Is this the is this the true one, or is the true is the true Shanalot standing outside the area? I forget. I always thought the true Shanalot was outside the area. Yeah. Um, but there there could be two true Shanalots. Like she could have just traveled here as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I but, can't remember because the voices are slightly different, and there's something else different about them as well. Yeah, but I, d- I don't remember this one yeah. specifically. But the experiment failed. I wonder if it's failed uh, if they knew it failed because she has the curse herself. Yeah, like I don't know if she, if, you know, if, if she is an undead or not. That is never that is never or, spoken to. Or it failed because it's not transmittable, similar oh, to the crown. Yeah, yeah. like because she says like it failed, um, fate would not be bested. Men were cursed once again. Right. Like, so everyone, like, it didn't cure everybody. Mm-hmm. It still it still happened. Yeah. Um, so the idea being maybe, like, this is just, like, a, a similar, similar to the crown. Yeah. She, and she warns you, like, as you, as you, you make your way forward, you know, Nashandra will be, you know, will follow close in tow. Um, because, yeah. you know, you are essentially opening the door to, you know, what is her ultimate prize. Exactly. Yeah, this is this is a classic villain kind of gambit thing mm-hmm. where she uh she lets you open up like she separates you. <laughs> you know, like you let her right to the black materia. Right. So, yeah. And you walk down this massive staircase um and you can summon some old friends here if you like. Yeah. Yeah, and one of which is pretty good <laughs> and one of which is real trash. Um because there's some signs for Benhart and Vengarl. Mm-hmm. I think Vengarl only appears if you uh defeated his body. Oh. I could be wrong about that. Okay. But I, th- I thought that was the case. Yeah. I like that. I like it. I like the idea of that coming back, uh, you know, to, to benefit you if you've yeah, done like that you, because you, he wants you to do it. And you've, and you've freed him up, like freed up his consciousness or what have you. Mm-hmm. to be. So that, that could not be true, but I believe that's true. Yeah. Um, and he is trash in this fight. Um, ben Hart's really good, though. Oh. If, if you need to, uh, to summon somebody. But Vengarl always ends up dying for me Can, yeah I've, I've never had that problem both of them have been pretty useful especially in the uh the throne watcher and uh, defender fight they're both very useful for that i think that what i end up usually come i don't come here and fight the throne watcher and defender on their own 
hmm. like come here and just do the whole run. So by the time they've, you know, Vengar has been very softened up hmm. by the throne twins. Well, let's talk about those throne twins. I prefer twins. Um, <laughs> yeah. <like> twins. <laughs> yeah, twins. This, the, is, uh, this is the Throne Watcher and the Throne Defender, uh, kind of the last line of defense. These are, uh, uh, do you get the sense that these are companions or compatriots of, uh, um, not, not Vendrick, Belgai? <laughs> I forget his oh, name. Um, yeah, there are other knights. Yeah, like other knights, like similar to Velstaff. Yeah, yeah, you could, you could, you could get that impression. I think, mm-hmm. um, even though they've just been, they're more corrupted yeah. at this point. Um, because I, I like the uh, I don't get the impression that these guys are actually working to keep. Well, I guess I actually you know now that I have to say that like maybe these guys were just keeping working to keep Nishandra out, mm-hmm. you know, um, as opposed to uh, actually being being on her side. Like this is just another line of defense that Vendrick set up, right? Yeah, in, that makes sense. In this massive Rube Goldberg machine of his most loyal men. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, uh-huh. Except for poor Rain. Um, yeah, so these guys, this is, is just a two-on-one fight with two fights that individually would not be that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. Like, um, But just that you're fighting two of them is what makes it hard. And uh, it's not... Like, we've done this before in Dark Souls, obviously, Ornstein mm-hmm. and Smo. Um, and it's not that thoughtfully designed right. as Ornstein and Smo are. Um, I don't think it's necessarily meant to be. Yeah. But um, it's just a, like it's kind of like they're both just very aggressive. And their move set is different, but not as different as Ornstein and Smo's. Right. One, to make it, yeah, yeah. They, they're like, like there isn't one of them that is more apt or more able to make a the close distance. Right. Yeah, they can they can both close distance. I mean, I guess the Throne Watcher is more mm-hmm. acrobatic and a little bit faster. Yeah. But Throne Defender is not slow. Mm-hmm. He's just normal. So like, it's like fast and normal versus fast and slow. Right. And the trick to these guys, and what would probably confound somebody, is that if you kill one, like if you just focus all of your efforts on, say, the you know the Throne Watcher because he's a little bit more pesky, um, the Throne Defender will then revive him at full health. Yeah, which that's a cool. I like that gimmick mm-hmm. for a boss. Like you have to kill these guys equally. You can't actually focus fire, which is the traditional strategy for anytime you're facing multiple opponents. Mm-hmm. You know, just you know, simplify and get down to one. Um, you're punished for doing that. Right. Um, you have to even out your damage. Um, I have fought Nishandra alone. I cannot beat these guys on my own. Right. Um, I've always had NPC help mm-hmm. with this just because they, it's too hard to heal. I find like if, if there's, if I'm fighting them on my own and uh, it's just very easy to be attacking one and have the other one come up and attack me while I'm not guarded. Right. You know, the opportunities to attack are very rare. And uh, the fight gets harder as you go along because they eventually bless their weapons. I believe the Watcher blesses his with magic and the Defender blesses his with lightning, both of which are pretty hard to defend against. Um, You know, like if you're depending on what you have equipped. So one of them is going to do, you know, more damage to you than it ought to at that point. Yep. And the uh, that carries over if you make uh, those weapons out of their boss holes, um, they have they come with a self buff. Which is which is pretty significant. Um, I know that uh, the lightning one is actually like a fairly big PvP weapon. Hmm. Um, you know, it, it is pretty decent. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, so there's not like so much to say about this fight. You can actually you can also trick them into falling off the ledge. Um, <laughs> they they will fall off the ledge into nothing, and uh, any kind of instant kill boss I like. Do, can I can I blow your mind with a, a bit of charity or trivia? <laughs> sure, I blow yes. your mind with a bit of charity. You get a car. Um, I don't know why I said that. Uh, uh, blow your mind with a bit of trivia. Check this shit out. Like I was watching an unrelated Dark Souls video, and I'll put it in the show notes. Mm-hmm. Do you know that the Ivory King? You can kill him by tricking him into standing by a door while one of your knights freezes it over. <laughs> Isn't that great? That's fantastic. You can freeze him to death. <laughs> like, that's so cool. Yeah. Like, I, I, I had no idea. Like, I love finding new things in these games. Like, mm-hmm. there's an alternate kill for the Ivory King. Yeah. I wonder if that's intentional. I, I imagine so. Because yeah. they wouldn't, I mean, they wouldn't program the ice to do damage necessarily. Right. Without having a reason to do it you know they would have just like shunted him over mm-hmm. out of the way but they decided to make it do damage yeah, huh, yeah. i like that yeah i like that too like you can freeze him for eternity inside one of those portals <laughs> instead of killing him like yeah that's great i mean you're not, it's not doing what uh what you said you'd do right but you know it's oh. dealing with the problem in your own way your own much yeah. more cruel <laughs> way yeah thinking inside the box <laughs> thinking you should be inside the box yes um yeah, but yeah, that's, that's real cool. So there are alternate kills for these guys as well, is just my point. Like, you can yeah. actually, uh, if you skirt the edges, they will uh, sometimes fall over. Hmm. Yeah, I, I'm not sure how deep those actually are. They have to be at least giant height, so... Yeah, <laughs> yeah but it's, it never... it's enough to effectively make them dead. Yeah, huh. Yeah, so after you defeat them, if you don't have the giant's kinship, which I uh, I, I did that this time with my uh, with my new game plus run, I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to run down to the throne and see what happens if there's any if there's any sign. No, there isn't. Yeah, <laughs> like, just, there's, there's there's just more to do, and you don't know. Yeah, it's just like a big empty room, and it's not like somebody stands outside. Like, wait a minute, you didn't go get the? Didn't I make it clear enough for you? No, no, you yeah. didn't. No, no, not remotely. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know where but, East is, Shanalot. Yeah. Damn it. <laughs> yeah, I know. Give me a HUD. Um, yeah, the, uh, I don't want a HUD. The, the, I've never come down here without it. Mm-hmm. Um, even though I know that you get slightly different cutscenes when, uh, when the boss enters, depending on whether yes. it's right after the, the Throne Watcher and Throne Defender fight. Very slightly different. Um, but yeah, let's, uh, let's talk about Nishandra. Grave Undead. You have proven yourself to me. Now, be one. This is a really weird final boss fight. <laughs> it's a, well, can we talk about the intro for just a second. Yeah. Like, I love the way that like, so Nishandra, who looks like like, you know, Lady Lady Nido, mm-hmm. um, she, she's wearing a skeleton dress. <laughs> um, like the uh, the way that she comes in and the way that, like she touches the her her scythe and walks past you and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. I really like the way that it's animated. Yeah, like it is very sensual. It's gross. And I'm, yeah, I'm not going to say that, like, hey, I popped a thousand boners. Like, I've been edging during the entire Dark Souls 2 experience. Like, it is not, I'm not turned on by it. We say yeah. it's sensual, but it's like the animations and stuff are meant to be, like, kind of erotic. Yes. A little bit. And, like, 
I think that's really unsettling in a way that I'm sure they intended and, and works really well. Yeah. The, the specific action that kind of like unnerved me was the idea that she takes her index finger and then caresses the inside of her scythe blade. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's a, that's the one. Like she goes up the entire length. Like she finger fucks that scythe. Yeah. Yeah. She really finger bangs. Like <laughs> finger bangs a bone scythe. The, um, the scythe that she wants it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I want you to incite me. Um, <laughs> the, the, uh, so, so it's it's real gross. Like, and it is it is meant to be. And you you get this weird picture of like, there's nothing else to support this, mm-hmm. but you get this. So she is the daughter of desire, right? Like that's how she got Vendrick. Mm-hmm. Like she she's she's a she's like kind of like a honeypot. Mm-hmm. You know, like she she's she got she cast her erotic wiles over him like if the other daughters of manis are fear and anger mm-hmm. and uh and uh poison I can't remember. <laughs> oh she's uh, anger um yeah. fear fear anger and what's the other one um uh, loneliness yeah um isolation then this is this is this is desire which we we all know but like it's it's manifesting as as libido mm, it's manifesting here. yeah yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, it just kind of it's just kind of interesting. Like that was a real put together moment for me. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, because the whole time I was just like, you know, what's Vendrick doing? Mm-hmm. You know, like like surely he would have seen seen through this. Like I talked to her in her human form, and I knew something was up. Yeah, uh, but it was like no, he did, she just had him in a boner trance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, which uh, you know doesn't help our ability to you know it it it's, it supports the. Lady Macbeth narrative in a way that yeah. is kind of unsettling, you know. Oh yeah, a little bit, a little bit gross. But like, it, if I'm already going to accept that she's the the daughter of desire mm-hmm. or what have you or, or want, like, then this seems appropriate. Mm-hmm. You know, at this point, like, it's hard for me to like get more irked at the gender politics of Dark Souls too. <laughs> yeah, like it is, and, and like as I said before, like the um, I don't know why the names uh, uh, escaping me, but the the daughter who married the Ivory King did a lot to redeem me. Asana did a lot to redeem that narrative for me yeah, yeah. and make it feel a little bit more dimensional. Yeah. So Nishandra definitely, she, she works a lot better when you have a broader context to put her in. Right. When, yeah. when it was just her, it was like, Oh, this is just Manus reborn. Um, but the idea that, you know, she is a single aspect of it makes her far more interesting. Yeah. And explains her, you know, like her motivations and stuff better like if you know you can look at these four different kingdoms and you see like what would happen or the way that these different aspects of humanity are inflicted upon them and kind of how that shakes out Mm -hmm. and this one where it is the game is really has kind of been her you know she's trying to get to this thing and using you to kind of pursue it Mm -hmm. and open it up for her like ties into her her aspect of humanity really well yeah so yeah so her fight is pretty easy all things considered. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which that's a dark souls tradition. Yep. <laughs> the last boss is not that difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, I died to her a bunch. Me too. Like I've had a hard time with it before. Like just because, uh, she, uh, emanates curse, which we know, um, from her portrait mm-hmm. and stuff that would, that should have been Vendrick's first hint. Like <laughs> I've never been so turned on that. Like if, if a portrait is literally draining my health, <laughs> like that, that's a boner buster and a half. <laughs> Like I cannot, I cannot keep it up while being cursed. <laughs> I try, but I can't do it. I need to get some like Cialis or something. <laughs> yep. So, <laughs> if curse lasts for longer than four hours, <laughs> contact your local Emerald Herald. Yep. Can consult your local Crown. Um, <laughs> the uh, so yeah, so it is a weird boss fight, and there's not enough to it. Right. Like I feel like like it's pretty simple, and that was the the big disappointment 
for me as far as a fight goes. Yeah. The like the most complicated thing about her, the biggest twist is the fact that she puts up these curse pylons um mm-hmm. that are essentially big uh area denial, you know, things yeah. that you can either fight and take out or just try and figure out where you can, you know, where it's safe to, you know, safe to stand. Um and that'll complicate things especially if she puts a bunch around her uh because where you want to be is right up in her guts. Yeah, because if you so that that's kind of her concept is to keep you away with these cursed things, and then use her most powerful attack, which is this like laser beam attack, mm-hmm. which uh, will more or less like always one shot at me just because it would stun lock me. Yeah. Um. So I would usually get one shot by the attack if I if I couldn't get out of the way. It's easy to dodge, but you know if you're dealing with these other things, then I'll do it. What I always do is uh, kill a couple curse pylons and then draw her towards that spot. Yeah. Where they were, and then I usually have enough room to, to circle around her. Yeah, because um, well, you can you kind of manipulate her positioning. Mm-hmm. I just load up on enough curse resistance stuff to to make oh, sure. it not a big take deal. It, take it through. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, also, also a thing, and this would probably be a breeze with that hollow skin that you can get from uh, the Iron King. I can tell you, Gary, it curse. totally is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I imagine. So like, you just can't be cursed, right? Uh yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that that makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. I've never gone back here and fought her after the DLCs. I've always fought her before the DLCs. Mm-hmm. So I've never I've never done that. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and these curse pylons also make it really difficult for uh, for Ben Hart and uh, Ben Garl to uh, to make yeah. that much of a difference here. So I pretty much always throw the first fight with her if I still have one of them around because the uh, the boost in health she gets by them being there is greater than what they can do before they die. In my yeah, especially if they, if they got weakened by the uh, the the Thorn Watcher and Defender. Yeah, if you fought them right afterwards, mm-hmm. um, it's kind of like I like this back to back boss fight things. Like when you're co oping here, mm-hmm. it's really fun to help somebody with Thorn Watcher and Defender, and then watch them <laughs> fight Nishandra. And you can tell it's their first time doing it if they watch the cutscene. Yes, and that's kind of fun. <laughs> like it's like, oh, this is fun. Like I'm I'm helping this person through their first time with this. Yeah, like that's kind of satisfying. Um, but yeah, she just kind of has like scythe swipes. Other than that, and then like an AOE, like she's very like, it's very much like uh, 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 Ilana, mm-hmm. you know, which is without the summons. Yeah. But like the the you know the kind of like distance. Here's a distance attack. Here's a AOE to keep you away from me. Here are some close range swipes. Yeah. You know, like there's not very much to it. The design is also like feels a little bit over the top. Her visual to design, you mean? Yeah. Like a little bit, like I like it as like a here's an erotic skeleton priestess, like I'm and I'm, I'm that, but like the, it's a Gary the, seeking uh, missile. Yeah, exactly. Like it's all it's all three things I love. But the um, whereas like Nito, I think because of like the kind of shadow and kind of cloaked and hunched over mm-hmm. kind of perspective of him, made a person made out of skeletons look a little bit understated. Mm-hmm. This is like just puts it all out there, right? In a way that's like a little bit like feels mildly over the top. Yeah, to me. It's uh, it's overstated it in your face, and it might, you know, have something to do with her nature as a seductress, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, I mean, it's not necessarily, it's not bad. It just kind of, it's, it's just big. Yeah, you know, and especially after the sadness of of uh, Gwyn. But then again, like the the corollary in this game for that is the Vendrick fight, not the not the end boss. Yeah. So her motivation, like as she walks in, you know, the 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 line that she drops is, you know, brave undead, you have proven yourself to me. Now be one with the dark. Right. Like, mm-hmm. you know, haha, there's like the, the, her, her tongue is firmly in where her cheek would be if she had one. It's uh, firmly in cheekbone. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, you know, and saying, oh, you've proven yourself to me by effectively, you know, breaking it for me. Hero. Good job. Yeah. But um, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a TV trope <laughs> yep. reference. I, I caught that. I, but I mean, <laughs> the fact that I knew it means I'm as complicit as you are. Yep. Um, so the, uh, we, when we talked about that, it used to be that you can, you can check the phases of like shit that we persecute on the show, <laughs> like or on this show and watch our fireballs where it's like a couple months, TV tropes and then Reddit and then Gamergate. Yep. <laughs> like, it, like those are, those are the things that we, we will make fun of on the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So good, good callback to the days when we used to. Now TV trope seems quaint. Yeah, I know, right? Like it's just a bunch of people's fan fiction. <laughs> yeah, who cares? Yeah. Keep, keep going at it, you brave weirdos. <laughs> and, you know, in in the face of all this other shit, like oh, there's actual tons of child pornography and like, you know, uh, on on eight chan. Yeah, well, okay. shit. Huh. Yeah, do do you know if you want if you want to have a crush on a fox, TV <laughs> go, tropes, go for do it. it. <laughs> you know what? Just 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 go off and be happy. Yeah, exactly. What Get off and be happy. Then? The, the, the privacy of their own beaver dam is <laughs> yeah. my business. But <laughs> angry beavers fan fiction. <laughs> oh. Yeah. So, but yeah, she is a, she is a skeletal seductress lady and uh, um, she's here trying to get into this, uh, into this throne and you pretty much dispatch her without any real ceremony or pomp and circumstance. Like she just goes down. Yeah. Like, like any of the other, you know, daughters of Manus. Mm-hmm. You fight like like you know so so she dies, um, and you you get her soul, which gives you some really great items. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't used the scythe of want, but the bow of want and the chime of want are both really good. Yeah, um, as as items. Yeah, and if you haven't played the DLC and you don't have kind of this extra um, exposition around her nature, the, you know her soul and the item descriptions on whatever you derive from her soul. Uh, are the things that kind of confirm her nature as a fragment of Manus, right? Like as right. a, as a creature of the abyss, like it, you know, seals that deal. Yeah. It says that, uh, she was made of the pieces of Manus and this, she was made of the smallest piece, which is precisely why it was the first one to, uh, to grow into consciousness right, or what have you. Um, yeah. Which like, you know, again, a, okay. Um, works, works for me. Um, and then after, so you just kind of stand around for a while, which I love that bit where it's like, Oh, there's something else to do, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I had a real, like, Oh geez. All right. There's more, <laughs> um, just because like, I mean, I love it, but I was also, we, you know, that Aldia, like, Oh, we get to go to Aldia's keep mm-hmm. reveal in this game. Did feel like we'd already done, you know, done enough. Um, but then you get this ending cinematic yeah. and, uh, and the, uh, it's essentially the golems now bow to you. Like, you know, the, the golems are yours now. And in a way that, like, thematically, without directly recalling the uh, the Age of Darkness ending from Dark Souls 1, mm-hmm. where the different, uh, the serpents bowed to you, right. the golems kind of turn themselves into a human bridge to allow you to get to the throne of Watt. Yes. And, I mean, it's implied by the fact that, you know, they don't do this when you don't have the giant's kinship, that, like, that was the missing piece. That, you, you yeah. know, like, that that's what you needed to bring to this. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. You walk um, you walk across their backs and you know the doors uh, uh, to this uh to this kiln, you know, this is a kiln. It's like a little dome-shaped structure open up. And it reveals this uh throne that uh you know like an Orlando architecture is designed for two different sizes of person. Yeah. Yeah, which is interesting because the the um one, you know, the idea that like cuz we we're trying to figure out what was stolen from the giants. Like this could be it. You know, it was originally giant sized as far as the the seating and got curved carved down to Vendrick. However, Vendrick is big enough now, mm-hmm. like the Vendrick you fight. When you go find his soul and stuff, it's on a little chair though. Mm-hmm. So the idea that maybe Vendrick has changed sizes yeah. somehow is is in play 
Mm-hmm. As well, I don't know why there is a curved out, a carved out smaller chair yeah. within the chair. Uh, most importantly, you can wear whatever outfit you want for this cutscene. <laughs> yes, you can. So, <laughs> yeah, it happens in game. So put on your best fashion souls here. <laughs> um, you can you can look as as goofy as you want. Um, you know. Yeah, I, I think you can also be as hollow as you want too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can be a, you can be incredibly hollow. Like you can be a gross like corpse king. Essentially, then you look like um, uh, the old monk. Oh yeah. I'm sitting on that chair as, as a as a zombie hot dog. <laughs> nice. And throughout throughout all of this, you're getting some, you know, voiceover from the Emerald Herald, right? Um, and I'll play that now. You who link the fire. You who bear the curse. Once the fire is linked, souls will flourish anew, and all of this will play out again. It is your choice to embrace or renounce this. Great Sovereign, take your throne. What lies ahead, only you can see. And and the thing, like, I, I read a lot of people complaining about this online because it doesn't end with a choice mm-hmm. at this point. And to me, like, I actually liked that. Right. Because the choice linking the fire is you playing some more. Mm-hmm. And you ending, you know, it is you don't play Dark Souls 2 anymore. Yeah. Like the choice in Dark Souls 1, the new game plus cycle makes it feel uh, like uh, futile. Mm-hmm. You know, like the fact that like, and we talked about that a lot. Like, I think that like the new game plus cycle actually does feature into the Dark Souls 1 story. Like the fact that no matter what you do, it you just wake up in the asylum. Right. You know, and this gives it a, a sense of like having like reaching into the real world and like, you know, spec ops, the only way to win is not to play mm-hmm. kind of uh, style makes it a little thematically more sound, I think. Yeah. So that idea of ending the cycle, like Dark the Dark Souls universe is the cycle. If you want to end the cycle, you just turn it off, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, and I can get into that. I'm wondering how much of a difference it makes whether or not you choose to light it or not light it um, makes for like the broader world in this too. Because if you don't light it, you know, will the flame actually go out, or is this just like like the dull ember says, its natural yeah. state that is just always going to be like just about to go out? And Nashandra was probably going in there to you know take it away. And even if you don't relight it, you're still keeping it in the uh, you know the the, the current curse state. Yeah. And you and if if you get into that the meta part of it, like if if you turn you'll never know what it's like when it's all out. Mm-hmm. You know, like it exists in its ember because the Dark Souls game and that point of drama and conflict is when it is an ember. Mm-hmm. You know, when it says this is the natural state, that's the natural state of the game. Right. It's the only state in which Dark Souls 2 can exist. Mm-hmm. Is the ember is about to go out and there's all this attendant conflict. Yeah. With that. There's something cool about this that wasn't unlocked until I watched Vati's um, explanation of the uh, of uh, you know the the, the broader story, uh, which is like why the flame supports this notion of the cycle, which mm-hmm. is you know the flame what it what it, what it burns for fuel is the souls, and so everything you've gathered will be burned up and dispersed again. You know, as the uh, Emerald Herald says, you know souls will flourish anew, and uh, all of this will play out uh, once again. Right. Mm-hmm. So this actually puts the souls back out there to, you know, unhollow the people who have lost it, you know, to actually actually fill those vessels again. Right. Right. For you to go back and kill again yes. and do this again during the <laughs> second second cycle. Right. So, um, yeah. And then it's just credits, really beautiful credits music, mm-hmm. which will probably be included in this uh, 
this episode somewhere, um, either over the admin or somewhere, but it's really great. Mm -hmm. And that's it. And then you can, uh, you know, you don't go back to things with Twix. You can immediately start New Game Plus if you want. You get to uh, sit down at the fire and say, Journey to Drang Lake 2. <laughs> and it, it's it's not, a, it's a numeral, which makes it look like a movie title <laughs> to me. Yeah. But, but yeah, and that's, and that's for now. That's Dark Souls 2. Mm-hmm. Um, again, like I don't feel the need to apologize for it because it's not our fault, but this episode has been less, con- or this uh, season has been less conclusive and more wishy-washy just because there have been these kind of dangling things. So like mm-hmm. we're going to revisit the, all this stuff once we played through Scholar of the First Sin and see if it changes everything. Right. Like we're probably, we're not going to do a whole season on like, here's <laughs> the Lost Bastille, but with one extra NPC, <laughs> you know, we're just going to, we're going to, it'll probably be a long episode that hits all the articulation points and then. Mm-hmm how it casts back on the, the theming. Yeah. And that, that might be the truth, you know, the true conclusion of this. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I feel like, like a lot of the generality stuff we got out of the way mm-hmm. just in the first part, just like I, it is like if, if so put yourself a thought experiment, there's nothing else coming down the pipeline. Like where would you land on this? Huh, I'd be a little disappointed. Yeah. You know, just, you know, just, okay. So if we're, if we're here right now, um, and they've already put out this this DLC that adds so much into it. I'm kind of disenchanted with the idea of like, oh, the, even this, you know, is not a finished product when it's put out there. The fact that our interpretation of it is kind of being run through the ringer so much, it's you know, it's it, it is disappointing is the is the only word that I can say about it. I don't think it's bad. I just think that the, the them not putting out something complete enough to commit to, and then just kind of like not committing to it, speaks to either a lack of consideration on the part of the team that put this out or a lack of faith in any kind of conclusion that they could have like come to. Right. Um, and so that, that to me is, you know, where I derive any disappointment from this, you know, for, for, from this ending from. Right. Yeah. Um, even though, like I said, those abstract bits, you know, the, you know, from the simplistic interpretation of, oh, you need to become the king so you can stop the evil queen, like, et cetera, et cetera, up to these abstract notions of, you know, the uh, want and desire and the way power, you know, interacts with people and uh, the way people interact with power. And uh, this notion of, like, how constructive can these cycles be? Is each one, you know, a limited, uh, you know, just it's all going to break out the same? Or are you going to carry something more useful forward? And that is the way we proceed to a better world. I don't know. Like, all of that, like, all of those questions are satisfying to me, but only in the way that, like, I can interpret that and internalize it. As as something that exists outside of me and outside of the way that I turn these things over in my head, it it is unsatisfying. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it's it's. I would I like say like a milder version of that. Like I'm not. I wouldn't say it's unsatisfying. It's just less satisfying than I would like. And that's what I mean. Like, yeah. <laughs> no, no, I know. I'm just. I'm just. Yeah. I'm just throwing in a caveat because there's the yeah. weird like the when the huge kind of backlash against Dark Souls two started, the, I felt like everyone kind of forgot like the standard by which video games are judged, mm-hmm. and just went changed everything to Dark Souls. Like Dark Souls is a the original Dark Souls one is a sea changing. Mm-hmm. like video game right like it is literally like like it's probably like if i if i don't consider it when i think of my favorite game it's just because i su- i just assume like it's just always there <laughs> yeah it's because i'm taking it for granted as yeah. this thing that is like you know we've committed you know tens and tens of hours of the show to mm-hmm. studying it and like i watch video- like it, it is life-changing like mm-hmm. it is a really important game and that is an impossible bar to clear mm-hmm. you know for something like even down to where like as excited as i am for bloodborne 
Mm-hmm. Like, I still feel like if we're comparing everything to how, like, whole and perfect Dark Souls is, like, I am prepared for that to be possibly unsatisfying, too, or less yeah. satisfying. Yeah. You know? So, by, like, by the standard which video games are judged, like, in a <laughs> vacuum, Dark Souls 1 did not exist, this would, this would also spur the show. Right. Like, th- this, we, you know, this, this is enough, this is a text mm-hmm. rich enough to support yeah. what we do and would also be mind-blowing. And to we, me, like, we, we have to continue having a conversation about this. If, yeah. ev- if, if everything can be shut down by it's not as good as Dark Souls, therefore, blah, like, the show can't exist. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, like, we, we, we would never run into and talk about the things that delight us about, you know, like, what is good endemic to this product, while also it's- keeping in the back of our mind that it does exist in a broader context. Yeah, and it, like, like not only would we not get the the good stuff, but like we haven't even talked about the play. Like, this is all like thematic wanky stuff, and games are primarily like vehicles for play, and like that is in this game is amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, there are a couple. Like, I feel like it's it's it is just Dark Souls Two has more stuff, so there are some things that are not as solid as Dark Souls One. Like, I feel like Dark Souls One has fewer bosses; more of them kind of mattered. Mm-hmm. However, by volume, like there is as much, I think that Dark Souls 2 is probably a little bit better play-wise. Mm-hmm. Like the different options you have for builds, like all that stuff is kind of, is, is richer yeah. and a little bit better yeah. um, than, than Dark Souls 1. And like, you know, if that aside, like we're going to talk about Lords of the Fallen for mm-hmm. the show. And that's why, I mean, my, minor spoilers, like that's why I like Lords of the Fallen <laughs> because it is still like, you know, it's really, really good play. You know, because that, if you would you know, start talking about that story, the, uh, <laughs> the, so it's just like, there, there's so much to that does it well. It's just like my expectations are through the roof yeah. and, uh, and it, it is, it is. So I'm, I'm a little less satisfied. If this was the only thing that came out, there was no scholar of the first sin. I'd be like, yeah, this is, it, it's amazing. The, the story is not quite as cohesive as dark souls one, but it has some <laughs> really cool bits in it. Yeah. You know, which is, that's, that's way above my standard for liking a video game. Mm-hmm. Like, I like games that do way less than that. Right. You know? Yeah. And so we have to recognize that when I say, you know, I'm disappointed or it's unsatisfying, we are grading on a hella steep curve. Yeah. It's 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 amazing curve. Like, it is, it is like the steepest, steepest, steepest curve that's ever been. It's like a 90-degree curve. <laughs> it's a wall. <laughs> We're grading yeah, it, on it a is, wall. It is a curve. Curve what is a wall. Yes. Just because Dark Souls 1 is just, you know, the be-all, end-all of games. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I would be I would be mildly unsatisfied with it. I'm also, like... It's 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 doing something right in that it has engendered a curiosity mm-hmm. in me. Like those cool bits do make me like. There's something to be said for the fact that, like, two things I want to say. Like to its credit, is like one, we want those connections really badly. Right. So like the questions it's asking or the answers it's giving or you know the questions it's asking really mm-hmm. are interesting enough that like I'm still invested. I know not everyone is um, at this point, but I'm still really invested and want to know what they do. Yeah. Like I'm I'm very excited for Scholar of the First Sin. Um, but two, like when you talk about um, adding the DLC and that bespeaking a lack of confidence in the player base or in uh, in their narrative, mm-hmm. um, I think it's the probably the latter. But I'm glad they addressed it. Me too. Like, it does have that lack of confidence, but, like, I have a lot of respect for, like, admitting a fuck-up, mm-hmm. you know? And, like, if they're doing that, like, I can't, you know, that's that's great. Yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's admirable, right? But yeah, that's, that's adult of you, <laughs> you know? And video games don't always do that, mm-hmm. you know? But I, I like it when video games do. Yeah. And just, you know, I, I don't know. I feel like a, a little, uh, uh, some of these, 
some of the, some of the ways that Dark Souls Two has fallen short, especially in the player backlash, has kind of you know cast a different light on this you know this season compared to compared to other seasons of the show that we've done. Mm-hmm. You know, Dark Souls, Demon Souls, and the other ones, and you know just in some of the chatter that I've read, like it, 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 something that's come that's come across is that we've been less thorough or that we have rushed our coverage of this. Hmm. Uh, you know, to like to, to a certain extent, and I'm not quite sure how to interpret that, to be honest, uh, because we've dedicated a great deal of time to it. But I, I wonder if that just speaks to the fact that there is not as much evidence to kind of back up some of the theories or that we haven't gone too far into those negative parts of it. This is just me turning an eye back on this past season of the show. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, that, that is true. I think the part of it, um, and we, we talked about this before is like, we went into dark souls one as it was an established and like, gr- you know, thoroughly mined text, mm-hmm. you know, like not that we, I, I feel like we actually will contribute, you know, contribute a little bit to the body of knowledge of souls. But like part of what we do is we are, I'm interested in everyone's theories about this stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, there is a part of like, I feel like that's part of the, the soul's lore experience is processing other people's theories and kind of coming up with your own right when there's less of that out there it's harder to do yeah um but then i also think that dark souls 2 just doesn't support it quite as well right you know i like and it, it's it's funny too, too rushed because we've spent a long time on this the season yes we have you know and then yeah. and, and it like it doesn't it doesn't feel rushed to me yeah i, um, I and i th- and i think that rushed you know just like what, what i've what i've seen in relation to like bloodborne is people want us to like wait six months and then start bloodborne which mm-hmm. i don't i don't think we can do yeah <laughs> I, I and also i don't you know necessarily want to do that right like we can always you know we can always revisit too mm-hmm. like if, if stuff comes up and we can revisit this and we will revisit mm-hmm. you know we will revisit this. We can revisit Bloodborne and stuff. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Like, and and this is not to paint people who have you know, the response to the show has been really positive. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not like you know everyone just be like you assholes of rush da da da. But like, I can't. That criticism doesn't have that much. Like, I'm open to feedback, but also mm-hmm. I don't know what else we would do. Yeah. Um. You know. Again, we're just dudes. Yep. And we do with ad with opinions about video games. <laughs> um. Not to sound too defensive, but yeah, we do our best, and and that's good enough for almost everybody. Yeah. So. So, but I mean, we've got some time to kill, but you know, until Bloodborne comes out and, uh, you know, I just, this is all going to turn over in our heads as we, as, as we proceed. And I think that that is why we have the appendices. That's why we have the errata. And that's why we always have the flexibility to, when we decide that we have something else to say about this, come back to it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's, it's not a good thing to make up your mind necessarily. (laughs) Like it feels good, but it's not inherently a good act. Right. Like it is okay to be open to new. I mean, it's it's mandatory to be open to new, <laughs> new evidence and new new things and and uh, to keep considering. You know that is a. Yeah. I, I think that we we in in our culture um, and this is broader. This isn't something that like specific <laughs> fans of the shows have done, but like we overvalue uh, certainty. Yeah, certainty. What one hundred percent? Like certainty is like this weird, virtue. you know? Yeah, like a virtue, and it's not. Like it's really not uncertainty mm-hmm. as a virtue. Like yeah. don't be certain and don't least of all be certain of yourself. Mm-hmm. Cause you know, like I, you know, I don't feel the same thing two days in a row. And no. like, when I think back, like, man, one of the, uh, one of my old student workers got, got a, ta- a Kanye West tattoo. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it, it says, uh, in Jesus, we trust. <laughs> and I just had this thought, like, say what you will about Kanye West, but like, I'm so glad I didn't get a tattoo of a band I liked when I was 20. Oh yeah. You know? Like that's that's not okay. Like that, that that's you know terrible. And everybody in the office was making fun of her and stuff. And I was just like, I didn't want to make fun of her, but I also I was just thinking like, there's a part in your there's a period in your life before you realize how mutable you are. Mm-hmm. 
you know, and like, and when you are sure of everything and that is like the late teens, early twenties. Yeah. And like, that's such a, such a stark contrast to the way I exist now mm-hmm. when I'm sure of nothing. Yeah. You know. And that th- th- that exists, you know, here specifically too. You know, you did that great blog, that great post about being on the record for the backer blog, right? <laughs> like everything we say, you know, I guarantee I'm not proud of everything I said even last week. Yeah, you know, yeah, and and it's like, and it's it's weird for people. I like to think that people just kind of inherently understand that, mm-hmm. but then you every once in a while you run into somebody who will take you a task for something and like somehow think that we exist outside of humanity. Because we put out a, a, a publication, mm-hmm. you know, and that like it's, you know, and, and, and other other podcasts get it way worse than we do. Like, oh, yeah, I we, really we are emphasize so that by and large, like <laughs> 99.9% of people listening to this are absolute sweethearts and are like mm-hmm. the nicest people in the world. And I love all of you. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just and, happens very rarely. But I'll read like comments on other people's podcasts mm-hmm. and stuff. And people are just like, you said this, but then in episode, in episode 243, you struck <laughs> the rib cage twice and produced two different successive tones yeah. like it's just a person you're talking to doc yeah. like chill and, the fuck out and 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 i will say anybody who has brought that directly to us has been an absolute sweetheart about it the, yeah you know like just like saying hey maybe next time you know like here's something i noticed about this i still love the show and you know by and large our fans are complete sweethearts so and it's not like it's not inherently like you have to love the show right it just we're not bad people for not doing that the way that you you want to like if you don't like it it's fine mm-hmm. um but the uh and and we want to hear the criticism and stuff mm-hmm. and people have been sweet and that's the way to do it and i think that like the only thing that you know that i think speaks well of us um is that like it's like we consider it mm-hmm. you know like it, we're not we're not the you know this, this isn't the original game the game angry boys who are just like <laughs> no sega fucking sucks and the story dropped the mic <laughs> you know like no it's like oh that's you know I know we do. We try to be adult about it. Yeah, we're the we're the adult contemporary of podcasts. <laughs> like the MPR of podcasts. We've gotten in trouble for saying that we're adults. Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. Yeah. Um, but we are. Um, in the, in this case, this is something I consider to be adult. Yeah, and I'm into. Mm-hmm. So, so I don't know. I yeah. don't know where that came from. I, 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 yeah. Is it anticipatory? I don't <laughs> like, know. I, I don't know. Like it's it just and and I think for me, you know, I, I'm in this semi-defensive, insecure state because you know we, we are going to have to like I think more quickly than we expected to reevaluate a lot of what we've talked about over the past what has effectively been a year. Yeah. Right. You know, like at this point with the future so uncertain about like what's going to happen to this text as they change and shuffle stuff around, like there's a certain sense that we've thrown a lot of, you know, good time after bad. Yeah. (laughs) You know? Yeah. And so no matter how much fun we had and no matter how how many great guests we talked to and how much, you know, joy we took in playing this game and, you know, uh, taking it apart, um, you know, th- th- that can all, you know, be taken away from us. Like there is a the, 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 the sword of the scholar of the first sin is hanging over us as we yeah. speak. Yeah. And they were also on the verge of doing it again with Bloodborne. Mm-hmm. Where, like, there's, you know, that's a brand new thing and there's less known about, which is, like, an amazing feeling, but also opens us up to the same kind of criticism. So the people who don't like that about us mm-hmm. are going to also not like it for Bloodborne. Yeah. Um, that's fine. Like, I mean, we this, we just spilled a bunch of words just being like, <laughs> just saying, like, if you like it, great. If not, also okay. <laughs> yep. Um, you know, so the, uh, I don't know if that, that, that whole rant was necessarily necessary, but it is something mm-hmm. that I thought about when we have gotten criticism or feedback about the show. Mm-hmm. That is something that kind of goes through my head. And not again, and not in a mean way. Like nobody's unfair to call us out. Like you should call us out. Yeah. Just know that, like, <laughs> you know, just dudes. 
what are we doing before Scholar of the First Seven? Well, the next episode is going to be a brief special about New Games Plus. Yes. Yep. So we're talking about the point. Again, we're not going to do the whole season again. Like, here's the last <laughs> best deal, but this guy has more hit points. Um, we are just going to be hitting the points of articulation and talking a little bit, I think, about how this game handles New Game Plus versus Dark Souls 1 yeah. and versus kind of other uh, games. And that's a concept. It's going to be another short episode, mm-hmm. uh, most likely. Um, but there, that, that's what's happening because we do have to do a little bit of kindling. Yes. Um, to, because we really want to do Scholar before Bloodborne. Right. Um, after our new game plus, we're going to begin um, a new season of the show, which I am going back and forth and calling Influences and Imitators. <laughs> yeah. We're going to look at three games that uh, uh, kind of hold a mirror up to other games um, and uh, kind of appropriate some mechanics from them. Um, so specifically, first off, 3D.GameHeroes. What happens when a From Align developer decides to um, provide a loving homage to Zelda whole scale? Yeah, it, it, homage is too weak of a word. Yep, I know. For this. It is like, if, if you like Zelda 1, you will like 3DGame.Heroes. <laughs> yep. Um, and I do like Zelda 1. Yeah, and I like, 3D, well. I like 3D.Game Heroes. Yeah, it's great. Um, after that, we're doing Shovel Knight, which is one of my favorite games of last year and, mm-hmm. and is such a goddamn endless joy. <laughs> and that is like an indie platforming version that kind of synthesizes some Dark Souls mechanics with that kind of tough NES platformers that obviously were an influence uh, for Dark Souls. Yeah. And then after that, we are going to be playing Lords of the Fallen. Mm-hmm. And we're doing that as a multi-part, not quite a full season, but we're going to do that as three episodes, mm-hmm. um, plus one episode for your responses and such. Um, and it is, uh, you know, there's not as rich a lore and everything like that, but it is, I feel like, mechanically complicated enough to support to support that. And that mm-hmm. is, the that is, if Souls are a genre now, this is the <laughs> first game that's coming out in the Souls genre. Right. Because it, it owes so much. Yeah. Uh, so for a while, this show is going to turn into Watch Out for Fireballs, um, yep. and we hope that you're patient with that. If uh, if you prefer the bonfire side chat approach to the to the to the WAF approach, but um, I'm really excited to play and talk about these games. Yeah, and we're gonna we're gonna tie them into Soul stuff too. Oh yeah, like it's not gonna be you know uh, purely like Watch Out for Fireballs. And uh, those the, the season is guestless. It's just gonna be me and Cole because it's hard. It's you know we could I could reach out there and try to find somebody who like really loves Shovel Knight to go through it Watch Out for Fireball style with us, but like. You know, who's got time in the day for that? And, like, I know a lot of people who do like that game, but I'd rather just keep it simple scheduling-wise and concentrate on on lining people up for Bloodborne. Exactly. So, um, yeah. And in the the meantime, if you'd like to, you can uh, rate and review us on iTunes. Um, Who who are these defensive assholes who keep saying that they're just people? (laughs) One star. Um, Yeah. Please don't do that. Maybe you can do whatever you want. Um, But uh, you can rate and review us on iTunes, and you can uh, go to patreon.com forward slash duckfeed TV if you want to support this show. And we've bypassed our Bloodborne tier, so that's going to help us pay for Bloodborne and PS4s. Mm -hmm. Neither of us are planning to buy. So I'm very excited about that. Yeah. So thank you guys very much. Yeah. And then uh, the Facebook group is always lively and hopping. That is facebook.com slash bonfireside chat. Uh, you can join in the conversation there and see some cool links that people drop off. Yeah. And uh, head to duckpt.tv for other shows and blogs and all kinds of other stuff that's worth your time. Mm-hmm. We firmly believe. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. So and, and that's 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 about it. Sorry about that weird tone. <laughs> this, 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 this took part way through. I think that like, again, like every once in a while, something like that has been kind of brewing. Mm-hmm. You know, and it is, uh, it is just, uh, it has to have an escape valve of some kind. Yeah. And, you know, I think that it, it, be- it belongs there to a certain extent. As we, as we close out Dark Souls 2, we also need to close out how we feel about the, uh, how we did in talking about Dark Souls 2. 
Yeah. And for the most part, I feel pretty positive about it. Me too. Like it is, you know, I, I, I don't feel bad about, I feel good about what we've done with what was available. Mm-hmm. So, um, and both available in the text and what was available when we came to the text. Yeah. So, yeah. So, um, I would like to thank everybody who has uh, been a guest, um, on this season. If they're sticking around and listening, uh, your voices added a lot and it was fantastic getting to know all of you. And I look forward to having, uh, uh some of you back. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and thank you. Know, thank you everybody. Thank you everybody who will be on. Thanks to everybody who listens. Um, thanks to everybody who is on the Facebook page, everybody who's written in, um, all of that stuff like that is so ridiculously appreciated. Yes. Um, you know, it is a brand new, we're recording this on new year's day. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is a brand new year. Last year has been great for us. Mm-hmm. And, uh, this year will hopefully be better for us and everyone. Right. So, so yeah, yeah, I think that's about it. Yeah. So what, uh, what should they do until next time? They should seek misery. No, wait, wait. Seek strength. Oh, yeah. And let the rest follow. Let the rest follow. Awesome. Awesome. that we will have far more soon.